and on the on the back of talking about you know obviously our faith and things um i know that we've both struggled with church yeah going to church not going to church um trying to and really struggling with it as a christian yeah not just someone who's in and out of believing and not believing because they're not going to church but actually struggling with church because you read the bible and the bible says one thing and there's so many churches out there that are doing different things yeah you know and we're never going to find the perfect church. We're never going to find everyone who has it in order because we're all broken and we're all in need of God. And I think there's things that the church do really well. And I think there's things that the church could do a lot better. Um, and when I say that, do you do you feel that the church has played a part in how you viewed yourself when you were dealing with the things you were dealing with in the past, when you were, say, falling away from God and living, say, as Christians use the terminology, living in sin, when you were drinking and partying and doing whatever you were doing? You know, Do you think that the church... Or you felt that the church viewed you in a way that was negative, um, and how do you feel that the church views you now, or do you think that that has a, an impact on you in any way? What a great in-depth question, and I and I pray that um, my answer gives it justice. Um, I know for certain right now that there were people in the church who were daily praying for me mm-hmm. and holding me up in prayer, prayer yeah. and messaging me and ringing me just to see how I was yeah. and telling me, you know what, Jamie, I'm here to listen to you. If you ever need to talk, I'm praying for you. And so is my wife. And I'm ever indebted to them people. Yeah. Because when I give myself back to the Lord or got back on track, yeah, they were still there for me. Mm-hmm. And that is what true love looks like. Jesus will still be there for us. When mm-hmm. we fall down, he will pick us up, dust us off. Yeah. When we go into the world and do what we want, he stands there like a loving father with arms wide open. Kind of like the story with the prodigal son, but the story is not really about the son, but more about the love of the father. Yeah. You know, the son goes away in a foreign land, just like me, Jordan, where I was partying and drinking and storage use and doing what I wanted and living how I wanted. But God, Jesus Christ, the son of God, still st- stood there with arms wide open, waiting to embrace me. Mm-hmm. That was initially what broke me. That love reading that chapter mm-hmm. envisioning that and i know i've let god down as we all have many many times but he's never let me down and he's never let me go and he never will and i want to encourage you guys he will he loves you and he'll never let you go mm. on the back of that jordan there were people in the church who just maybe ignored me who weren't there for me who didn't want to know yeah you know especially when i backslid the first time you know when i was 18 I was a part of the church and there was a few older members who were really there for me. But my friends at the time, Jordan, I felt, and I don't blame them because everybody is human and everybody maybe has social difficulties, but I felt that they weren't there for me, that they didn't reach out for me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. When I look back, now I can learn from from that. If anybody is struggling, yeah. I'll know what to do now. I'll yeah. know maybe just to text them or reach out to them and say, listen, I'm thinking about you. If you ever need a coffee, bro, I'm here. Yeah. Because it's not hard, you know. It's not hard to do, but sometimes you do forget. Yeah. And you people know? are people. They're human yeah. beings. Like Everyone you said, we are all broken people yeah. and we need a perfect God. Yeah. This is a problem as well, Jordan. I've brought loads and loads of non-Christians, people who do not believe in God, to church yeah. per se. Yeah. And a building. And they have a wrong perception of church and what church looks like or Christianity. And they, what I hear all the time, Jordan, I'm, I'm sure you hear it. 
oh, I felt so judged. It's a judgy place. Or, and the feel, but it's not, it's their, their feeling of conviction that they're getting because the lifestyles that they're living, the people are not judging them. It's yeah. maybe because they're, they're living in a certain way. Yeah, they know themselves. Yes, that what they're living is wrong or how they're living and they're in a holy place standing on holy ground. Yeah. And they know they feel convicted, but it's not the people, it's God's holy presence. Yeah. I convicting them for, from yeah. their sin yeah it's interesting what you say there because that's the thing you know the church isn't just the building mm-hmm. the church is the people of christ yeah you know and we do things well sometimes and sometimes we don't and i would say that my experience is exact, exactly the same yeah and that's why i've moved from church to church myself in the past is because when someone in the church you feel has let you down um, or has made you feel a certain way, you then feel like you can't go back to be around them mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I think that in the past for me, you know, I've definitely felt pressured into going to church. It's become some sort of legalistic thing that mm-hmm. I need to be there and I should be there. And when I'm not there, I feel this way. So, uh, you know, when non-Christians, non-believers go to a church and they feel convicted, as you were explaining there, um, it's actually the Holy Spirit that's convicting their heart and mm-hmm. that they're in the presence of God. But then for me as a Christian, mm-hmm. I was going in there not, don't get me wrong. Yes, at times in my walk, the Holy Spirit did convict me. But when I was going, I was feeling judged. Yeah. I was feeling judged from from Christians, from other people who I thought in my life were there to encourage me and build me up and not bring me down. And it was very passive aggressive. You know, oh, where have you been? Oh, we've missed you here. But it's not really like concern. It's like, Judgy. yeah, you weren't here last week and you should have been, you know, or you didn't help with this and you should have. And I think, you know, we have a responsibility as the church to make every one of us feel welcome and loved and supported and cared for. And don't get me wrong, sometimes we can forget. Sometimes we can be, we can neglect people in the church, but we should never make anybody in the church feel like condemned. Yes, that they're not doing enough. They're not mm-hmm. being this. They're not being that. And I, I've met a lot of people who have said they've went to church and they were so-called maybe Christians, but weren't or believed that they were Christians, but didn't even really know God. Um, and those who have went to church for a while and said that you know the people in it made me feel this way, made me feel that way. And the only thing that keeps me going to church and keep stepping through the door is because my faith isn't in people, it's in God. Amen. You know, Jesus um, Christ, but then Amen. again, there's been people in my, my life, the church, not specifically a church building, but people. people who have came alongside me, like yourself, who have prayed for me, encouraged me, reminded me of God's promises in my life and many other things. So I do believe the church does do things well and can do things bad, but it definitely can have a, an impact on how you view yourself. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, you feeling I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough because, but but God isn't saying that. Yeah. You know, you're you're going to church and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm I missed church on Sunday. I missed this. I missed that. You know, I'm maybe not doing as much as I should do to please God and to live for God. And then you know, your whole walk with God isn't just a friendship. It's this. I'm doing this because I have to do this, not because you want to do this. And when you want to do it, it happens, and you feel so much more joyful more at peace yeah because you're doing it for the one that you love you're doing it for your friend you're doing it for your god and not for people but whenever people are pressuring you you end yeah. up doing it for them for the total the wrong the completely wrong reasons 
Yeah, Jordan, just one thing that you said there, you know, what keeps you going to church? What keeps you in a relationship with Jesus? What keeps you in that deep relationship with Jesus is Jesus, not people. No, you know, you're not him. going to church it's for him. people. You're yeah. going to church for him, for the Lord Jesus, um, your friend, your father. He says, I'll be a brother and a sister to you and yeah. just somebody who you really have in your life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, us as guys, you know, I mean, I definitely have an opinion on this, but I want to hear yours first. You know, um, do you think that there's enough support for guys, men, in church? That's a very difficult question, isn't it? In my, <laughs> it is, yeah. in my opinion, like like Jordan said, I we both felt very unqualified for this huge topic, as we are not doctors or, but we have our own unique experiences. Yeah. Um. I'm very open and honest with people, so I don't struggle to tell people how I feel. Yeah, which is good. But you get on the other hand of people who are maybe really introverted and who struggle socially to yeah. even tell anybody how they feel. Yeah. So I believe for them, young men in church, mm. when I say young men in church, can really reach out to the younger generation. Yeah. I heard a quote that says, um, the young people are not tomorrow's generation, the young people are today's generation. Because if we don't make the young people today's generation, then there will be no tomorrow's generation. Yeah. And for me, what that simply meant is, guys, we need to start reaching out to the young people of today's society. Yeah. The older gentlemen and the younger people need to reach out to the younger people because yeah. they have their struggles. You, we've been 17, we've been 18. Yeah. We know the difficulties of mental health and what we've been through. And I do believe there could be a deeper, stronger support network out there for um, people who struggle with mental health. Because I don't really hear much about that in church. You don't like, you're, you know, you're making this podcast because you care for people's mental well-being, yeah. spiritual well-being, physical yeah. well-being, and yeah. they're all combined. But we have been the church services, Jordan, and there's not much talk about mental well-being. Yeah. And that could change, yeah. Definitely. I mean... It's really, it's really hard to pinpoint this. Where, where do we start? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are churches out there who really see the importance of um, providing a support network for men in their church. Um, women are able to get together and just chit-chat and yeah. go for it. Men really struggle with that. They really struggle to get together with guys and really be honest. You know, if I see my friend, even close my closest friends, how are you? Oh, I'm all right, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And the odd time, my close friends, I can be open with them and honest, um, but it's brief and yeah. we chat about it or whatever. Whereas I have seen not every woman's like this, but you know they are able to be more open with each other and more and talk and just chat about anything and everything. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that even though this might not be true, I believe that there is some sort of like cultural tradition um, view that men have where they need to be a certain way. You know, we can't cry. We shouldn't cry. It's weak. It's a, it looks weak when a man cry. You know, it's weak when you open up and share. Um, and we feel inside that we can't be open. We can't be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and that we need to live up to this expectation because we're men. Yeah. Um, even though it might not be there. You know, I know for my like my wife. You know, she really encourages me, and and we we can be open and honest with one another. Um, and but for. For a lot of men out there, you know, they don't want to open up. They don't want to talk. And even if the church does provide space 
for guys to get together and to try and get them to talk. It's yeah. go- it's really hard to do that. The, 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 that is a perfect example. I said to Jordan a couple of days ago, I want, and I'm not at a church at the minute, talking about a church building. I'm going to be really honest with you. The reason why I'm not at a church at the minute is because I struggle to go to church on the days that I feel the lowest because I feel like I have to put a face on and be a happy-go-lucky person to go to the church. Yeah. Instead of being able to go to church and just say to somebody, listen, I feel crappy today, I'm tired, or I'm fed up today. And like your response, Jordan, was perfect, was a response that I uh, want to hear uh, as a person, as a friend, that somebody give me and not judge me. For feeling that way. Because we're human beings. We will get bad days. Hard days. I yeah. want to be able to go into church. And express. How, how raw I feel sometimes. And not have somebody going. Judging me for feeling this way. Yeah. But just saying Jimmy. You know what's okay. Like you yeah. said to me Jordan the other day. Saying that's okay mate. Listen yeah. I feel exactly the same sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for a coffee. Let's yeah. grab a coffee. Or you can talk to me about yeah. it one on one. If somebody would just come up. And say that to people. Let's grab a coffee. When are you free? Yeah. Let's get it off your church uh, chest. And not uh, have this church is some big holy ground where you can't come to have problems. Like yeah. This church is supposed to be a place where you can be open with people, guys. Honest with people. Go yeah. to people. Run to people and ask for help. And someone to say, listen, let's grab coffee mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. Two o'clock, let's like, go. Like for me, like, as, a, as a guy, you know, I didn't grow up watching football. Yeah, you know, there's sports that I like, but I'm not really into. Yeah, you know, sure. I could watch football and enjoy it. You know, I could watch rugby and enjoy it. I could watch UFC and enjoy it. You mm-hmm. know, I can watch many different sports and enjoy it, but I never really got into something where I knew the names of people, the dates of things, and blah blah blah. And I think like it's great, and I think one of the things the church should do, which they do sometimes, but provide space for men to get together. And provide something for them to do, to be interacting with one another, and that they can develop friendships yes. where they can then share. Because I know for me, in the church that I'm in now, I'm still relatively new there. There's a lot of guys there that I see that I know are really good, godly men. But for me, I feel like we've got nothing in common. So at times, I don't approach them. But I know that I would love to come alongside them and be prayed for, or pray with them, or talk to them about their faith, or any other issues. But that does, that prevents people like me who um, who don't, you know, have the normal sporty mindset that you can just go over and chat to anybody. I had to see the football the other week and you can chat for ages and you feel connected because you're, you've got something in common. But like we've got Christ in common, yeah. you know, but yet there's something that separates us um, because of the fact that we don't watch sport, yeah. you know, and a lot of the time whenever a church do do things um, to get men together. It's like, oh, we're going to put the rugby match on the screen and we're going to watch food or we're going to have some food or we're going to have a barbecue and we're going to watch the football or whatever. And like, I'm like, this, I'm going and I'm going to go. But like, they could turn around and ask me all these different questions about the sport that we're watching and and I have no idea. So you do, even though you're going to the men's thing sometimes and the church is trying, you know, uh, you can't connect because they're putting on things and doing things that, for you, you can't relate to. Yes. You know, but you're going there because you want the interaction. You want to come alongside other men. And one of the things I thought was really interesting um, when we're talking about this issue um, is that statistically speaking, if a man becomes a Christian, there's a higher percentage that their wife and children will be Christians too. Um, If a wife is a Christian, 
or a woman is a Christian in the family household and the man isn't and the children aren't, there's a lower chance that they'll be a Christian, that they will give their lives to God. And that, oh, that impact, that statistic always impacted me. And that tells me that there's something important about coming alongside the men and mm -hmm. in the church, helping them in struggles that they're going through, um, even inside the church and outside the church. We're, and yes, we're talking from a Christian perspective, but there's non-Christian men, non-believers out there, men out there in the world who are feeling low and are broken. And I really feel that, that some way men have a really real big impact and influence on those around them there is something that that god has inbuilt into men where we are influencers yeah and we can be influencers in a really positive way or a negative way yep. and i think if we as the church are able to do something and act more to help those outside the church within the church feel connected feel welcome feel valued that this sort of that many men may not struggle as much with their mental health. They may not struggle as much with their identity if we are able to put more in place. Yeah. You know, it's not just the individual's job to get through their mental issues that they're facing. It's also the responsibility of us as Christians, yes. as Christ followers, as Christ men followers, to be that help and try and implement things and develop things and do things and be active and helping other men get through the things they're getting through um definitely for sure 100 percent, jordan that was fantastic um there's so much more churches can do i know a church um i'm not going to name it but there's a attack as a zerk right beside it and i mean it's a stone with you just throw a stone and it'll hit the hit the attack I mean, that church needs... To, and it, it's run by a lot of older people. Mm -hmm. And because, as I said yesterday, you know, tradition, a lot of tradition and religiousness needs to die. It needs to go because it's very backward. And the younger generation are this generation. And the church needs to do more outreach and community. Like, for instance, if the tech is right beside the church, that church should be open at least twice a week. Put some soup and bread or sandwiches on for young people. What young person is not going to go to that? Free food. Put yeah. up a banner. Free food. And that is a way of building a support network or a, a, a relationship with the younger people. And I guarantee you, if that's on every Wednesday or Friday or if them church doors open, not to preach to people, but just like you say, yeah. to get alongside other people and relationship with them. They ask them how their day is, how you find in life. What are you struggling with? Yeah. I mean, some bread sandwiches and, and soup, and that, that could really it's work. It's funny, like I'm thirty one, and yeah. that would attract me. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? And the, the fact <laughs> of know, the matter is, the I church, want food. yeah, the church doors are closed. That should be open to at least twice a week. The tech is next door. Younger people would swarm in, but that is one tool of evangel evangelism. But I don't know what's going wrong. Is it the older generation? Are they scared to open their doors up to the younger generation to bring them in? Maybe they're afraid of, I won't be able to relate to them. Yeah, we won't. that's the thing. You know, like, a lot of the time churches don't do, or churches, the church don't do enough because we're afraid that, you know, I don't know how I'm going to speak to that person. But sometimes it's just showing that you care yeah. and that, that you're there. You know, I mean, in times of my life, um, being around other people who have lost someone close to them 
you know, and they're in a state where they have no idea what's happening next in their life. They don't even know where their next meal is going to come from yeah. because they're so sad and rightly so, you know, it's understandable, you know, but what's impacted me the most in those times is when someone just sits beside you. Yeah. Just sits with you. That's you know, true. that you're that you're there. Like I used to go around to my nanny and granda's house and I would sit in their house and they didn't need to say anything to me specifically, but just me knowing that I was with them. And, and they were there in, for you. And in their presence and they were there for me meant yeah. so much. And I think that that's what we need to do. Yeah. I think we need to provide space for all for all young men, older men, whether we're afraid that we can talk to them or not, to let them know that we're there, to, to try and build a friendship. And if we are open and honest with each other, when those things are available and people come along and you're open and honest and say, you know, how's it going, mate? You know, what do you like? And, and trying to chat, just keep trying. Yeah. Keep being there. Keep opening the door. Yeah. Keep providing those spaces for people to talk. Um, it might be two weeks, three weeks, four months, or whatever. But we've no idea. Even doing this podcast, we've no idea who we're impacting. We oh, 100%. might think this is useless. This is going in one ear and out the other. Or maybe we're talking for too long, or we're rambling on, or whatever. But you know, we're one with... person, the ones and twos. That's who yeah. I want to reach. As I said, yeah, and I want to tell people this as well. On the mental health note, we believe as Christians that there is a a a, a demonic oppression oh, about yeah. that that people don't yeah. know. So I want you to tune in and hear this. In mental health, it definitely has a demonic oppression. Satan does use mental health and depression and anxiety to attack people. Let mm -hmm. me give you an example. There was a guy in Lisburn who I met with who was struggling with deep depression and he was having suicidal thoughts. Negative thoughts. So I took him out for a coffee, had a coffee with him, brought him into the car, put my hands and I prayed over him. And I renounced under the authority of Jesus Christ Satan's oppression on that young man's life, on his mind. Because an older man who actually lived opposite me, he was a, a former Presbyterian minister. He says, Jimmy, the battlefield is always in the mind. Because that's where it starts. And it started a long time ago in that man's mind. And he was struggling with suicidal thoughts, as I was saying, and deep depression. And I prayed over him. That that spirit of oppression and that de demonic ent identity would leave him and have no power on his mind anymore in the name of Jesus. I give him a Bible and I says those suicidal thoughts Jordan were not coming from him. He said to me Jamie I thought it was just me speaking to myself or it was my own voice telling me to kill myself. It was my own voice giving me these negative emotions. That's where he was wrong. It was the devil's whisper. You're not good enough. Kill yourself. You'll be safe. It'll be all over. All these lies mm -hmm. come in the form of maybe look look at him compared to you. You don't have this. You don't have that. Mm -hmm. you look, he looks a certain way. You're fat. You're this. All the lies of Satan. So how do you combat that? Well, how did Jesus combat Satan? With the word of God. Start filling your mind, guys, with truth. Positive thoughts. But biblical truths, therefore it is written, you know, I am a child of God, that I have a purpose, yeah. that I am, yeah. uh, you know, I am loved. So guys, I just wanted to give out there some advice to you. This, um, it's not always a battle. There's an unseen spiritual battle that's going on that we cannot see in a physical realm. Yeah. And I just wanted to point that out. Maybe that's yeah. a, a bit too in-depth. for. No, no, no. I think that, that's great for people to hear um, because there is a power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his word. And, you know, um, 
don't get me wrong, there's times when we pray and prayers aren't answered and there's times when we pray and God does move. Yeah. And it's simply our job to pray and to yeah. ask God to help. To help. Jesus. Exactly. Jesus. Just mentioning the name of Jesus. Yeah. As you said to me, Jordan, you love that song because it mentioned the name of Jesus over so much. Over and over, yeah, it says name so much. You Guys, know, but... if you're struggling, just mention the name of Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Over your situation. Um, I mean, at times... The church can tell us that we're going through the things that we're going through because we don't have enough faith, that we don't trust God enough, and that's why we go through through the things that we go through at times. And that kind of advice can be seriously damaging to the person's understanding of who God is. Yeah, you know, it really can break them down and question. You know, do I have enough faith? Yeah. Am I being faithful enough, God? But you know, the Bible tells us faith is small as a mustard seed. Yeah, you know, if you have faith that's that small, it's powerful. It's yeah. strong. You can do many things with that small, small, tiny bit of faith. As well as um, that verse, it says, "My grace." Jesus says, "My grace is sufficient for you." Yeah, says the Lord. Yeah. For His power is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah. So you're not alone. No, definitely not. And things that I was saying there about you know simply coming alongside someone and listening. You know, to us, we might think that we need to have. I think as men as well, very much so, we feel as though we have to fix it. Yeah. We have to have the answers. That if we're going to come alongside anybody to help them or encourage them or strengthen them, we need to have this 10-point system to get them through it. But actually, it can be as simple as just listening and coming alongside yeah. somebody. To to you, it might seem so small, but someone who's struggling, it's absolutely massive. massive. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just finish us off, you know, I kind of just want to remind people and say that, you know, there are no wrong or right answers to all this. But it's an issue that many people struggle with. But this podcast is really just the way... For us to discuss and be open and real with those listening and for those who have went through or maybe still going through something similar to what we've been speaking about and to let you know that you're not crazy, uh, you're not alone and it's something many of us still deal with. There are no quick fixes and even as Christians we can still feel this way. It doesn't mean you're not as close to God or that God has forsaken you because he never will and he is by your side going through all of this even if you can't sense that he is, he is. And if anyone's feeling low, who feel like they're alone and that there's no way out or who are filling their minds with, like you said, Jamie, with lies, please speak to someone. If you, if you have people in your life, people who can come alongside you, speak to them. Um, and if you have contaminating people in your life who are bringing you down, let them go. It's okay to take care of you. Sometimes it's okay to put you first and say that these people that are in my life, even though... And these things that are in my life, even though you think that they're making you feel joyful and better, they're actually the things that are detrimental to your mental state. Let them go. Put mm. you first sometimes. Stop trying to fill your life with so many other things and uh, feeling that you need to be there for everyone else. Sometimes you really just need to take care of yourself. Um, but just to finish off, just to say thank you for everyone who's been supporting us and listening to us. Um, and and. I hope that people continue to tune in to Levin Temple. Um, please tune in um, next week where we'll be looking at another important issue surrounding our well-being um, and our physical health. Um, and I think Jamie will be the, the big, ta- big talker next week for those kind of things. I think we'll both will. I don't know at all. <laughs> I'm happy to listen. <laughs> yeah. As well as that, guys, um, I would just like to pray for the listeners because I do believe there's power. And Jordan believes that there's power in prayer. And if you listen to the end... I just want to give you a prayer for you guys specifically that God will work on your heart in the name of Jesus. That any form of anxiety or depression or self-worth that you are facing, that he will help you through. 
that he is your rock in times of need. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, guys, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Yeah. And you are never supposed to do life alone. You, as an individual, have purpose. And Jesus said, in John 10, 10, the thief Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Mm. God loves you guys. Never forget it. And I pray that God will bless you and keep you and work on your heart. Mm. And if you've been tuning in and I pray that you have, God will continue to work on your heart, soften your heart for his kingdom and for his glory, that you will call out in the name of the Lord and be saved. And until next time, we thank you. May God bless you, richly bless you uh, and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah.